So, Rowan, amongst the challenging times to get a visa to go on both sides of the border, you know, I'm sure it must have caused a lot of heartbreak at times, missing special occasions, etc. But I'm sure outside of the heartbreak as well, there must have been a lot of comical moments that have arisen as well, uh, where you guys travel together with one Indian passport and one Pakistani passport. Yeah, um, several. Um, like one, one thing is whenever, because I have a, like a five-year or like I think a one-year Pakistani visa on my passport, so whenever I personally go through India and the, whether I'm entering or I'm leaving and the immigration officer is going through my passports, like flipping and they find a Pakistani visa, I can just like, I'm just like waiting for like their reaction. And it's always, it's always a look of just like pure shock. Like, w- like, why do you have a Pakistani visa? Like, what's going on? Like, why did you go? And then I explain and either I've gotten two reactions, either like a complete, just like, okay, whatever move. Or, hey, tell me your story. Like, how did this happen? Where did you guys meet? How could it have happened? Luckily, I've never had a reaction which was uh, negative. It's, all, it's always been um, either just like, you know, uh, neutral or something very like uh, curious. Like, how did it happen? Welcome, Rohan. Welcome, Zara. Glad you could join us for this podcast. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Hey. Thank you, Javier. Very well. Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for taking time out during your weekend. We're very glad that you could join us and uh, chat with us about your story and how you guys got together. Uh, Umar and me are really excited to be talking to uh, our second couple uh, from big cities in India who've uh, taken the plunge and, and started a family together. So Zara, why don't you tell, tell us your story? How did you guys meet? We went to a college um, undergrad in the US together um, and we met in my second year. Um, and it was Rohan's first year and we actually met at orientation, at his orientation. I was uh, a sponsor at that orientation um, and uh, that's where we met on his first day actually. So he was fresh, uh, not only off the plane, but he was fresh out of a van from the airport to the college. So <laughs> wow. uh, that's how we met. And was it love at first sight for you, Rohan? Well, I went to an all-boys school and then the first girl I saw at college. So, sure, yeah. <laughs> but no, more, more seriously, I think um, we, were, we were friends for a long time. Uh, I'd say a good, good three years, uh, two and a half, three years, and, uh, which is when we started dating. Um, so, both of us knew each other very well. So, it wasn't, you know, quite as um, you know, crazy, exciting as one might imagine, like, um, Indian guy saw Pakistani girl and then they fell in love immediately. It wasn't wasn't quite uh, quite like that. It uh, it took its own natural length of time. But um, yeah, we started dating in college and then we've been together since. That's nice. And I'm sure, like you know, you guys must have. Uh, Ron, you come from you know India. I'm sure a lot of preconceived notions about Pakistanis, and you know, you, you're obviously befriending them in college because uh, I, I would imagine South Asian folk, brown folk, hang out together, and you know, realize that we're so similar in terms of our culture. But automatically now, a couple of years into this, you you start dating one. Any preconceived notions, you know, going into the relationship, any apprehensions, anything that your desi friends told you that you should look out for? Um. So look, like when I first got to college, yes, like lots of preconceived notions as you know one can only assume uh but i think as i said because we were friends for such a long time i'd say all of those kind of went away um it went from generic preconceived notions to actually knowing the person right so even if there were preconceived notions about a broader culture they they were not about like the specific person anymore uh and no i think um our group of friends are as you said like our brown group of friends that in college, we were, we were a very tight-knit group, we were a very small group. 
Uh, so no, like there wasn't any anything like oh watch out for this or watch out for that. Nothing, nothing like that really. Zara, what about for you? Well, other than the fact that Pakistanis are better looking than Indians, um, which I think that <laughs> preconceived notion, um, I, I think that just you know was reinforced. Obviously, I think Rohan would tend to agree with that. Um, and in fact, I would say when he fell in love with me, I would think that that preconceived notion, he's saying that like that pre- preconceived notion went away, but I'm pretty sure that preconceived notion got solidified further. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of what I would say. But besides that, I mean, you mean besides like Pakistanis are better looking than Indians and all Indians are vegetarian and their food is mediocre and mangoes are mediocre and cricket. I mean, I'm, I'm just kidding. But no, I mean, that obviously existed. I'll be honest, um, the way I was raised um, in Pakistan, it, Pakistan is not a very diverse country. It's, you know, 90 plus percent uh, Muslim. Um, and, you know, because it is largely um, a Muslim country, you don't necessarily get a lot of exposure unless you really seek it out with like any other religions or, you know, sort of more like stereotypes of other religions aren't necessarily part of normal discourse. Um, and I think in India, that's my, is a little bit of the opposite. I think stereotypes of other religions, you know, Muslims, Sikhs, Christians, maybe, um, I don't know too much about that, but, um, you know, I, I think it is probably part of general discourse and people, you know, because there's it's such a larger population and there's the, India is what the second largest Muslim country in the whole world, right? And so I, I think maybe um, Rohan grew up with a little bit more of that than I did. And so I didn't actually grow up with like preconceived notions about like Indians from a, or, or you know, Hindu Indians from like a behavioral standpoint as much or as specifically. Maybe more things like if I saw on like Bollywood or just like random stuff that really wasn't very specific and more like the things I was talking about earlier, right? But that's just more humor. That's kind of what I would say. I I just wasn't really raised with a lot of that, not because my family is like super liberal and like they didn't want it. It's just that it wasn't anything we, it wasn't part of our life at all. That's kind of what I would say. Yeah, I definitely so, agree with you on the first part. In fact, I, Omer and I, our story is that we became friends as early as 2006 when I actually visited Omer when he was in Lahore University of Management Sciences. And then we, you know, uh, we hosted Omer and crew when they came down to Bombay in 2008. And Zara, I completely agree with you. I remember the first time that we went to Lums and we walked around in the evening in the campus. And we often joke about this, like Pratik and you know some of the other boys that I traveled with, that we walked around in Lums and we looked around at the girls. And, and you know, it, <laughs> it, there's a visible difference between, <laughs> between the way Pakistanis look and, where, uh, when, uh, and, and Indians look. And I remember there was a gentleman with us, Amaya, and he was like, Suveer, looky, looky, no tachi. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, no, I, I definitely agree. And, and something that you guys don't know that Umair and I also have in common is that we're actually both Sindhi and my family is also from the other side of the border, undivided India. So uh, definitely do buy into yeah, a lot of the physical remble- resemblances because that's, you know, definitely where we come from as well. Sorry, Umair, you were saying. But nonetheless, since so we're talking about preconceived notions, I, I'd like to explore this a little further. So the way it's happening for you to, as far as I can understand, is that you are moving from your respective countries to a new land as well. So there is probably a preconceived notion about the US as well, right? So 
is that a different quality of preconceived notion than you had about let's say discovering an indian or an or a pakistani or is it the same thing well i'll go first i guess um look i'll be honest like when i was going to the school in the us um that i would meet pakistanis and and you know discover like new things about pakistanis etc really wasn't top of mind at all like that's not something that that i discussed with other friends who were going there or you know my cousins who had gone earlier that really wasn't something we talked about a whole lot so going in it wasn't it wasn't an active part of my imagination that okay i'm going to the us and um specifically i will meet pakistanis and then you know i have preconceived notions and those might be confirmed or those will go away it wasn't really like that for me not until i got there is when i realized like of course like i'll meet pakistanis and sri lankans and bangladeshis and and you know i'll discover things that are very similar about us naturally but it wasn't uh, something that i thought about a lot before going fair enough so like for example when you try to project so if, so if i were in your place if i were going to the us and so i would have a preconceived notion about the average american wo aise kisam ke log hain right so and then once you got there you meet this girl as well so you have a, at that time you've had an average preconceived notion about pakistanis ki yaar pakistani is kisam ke log hain so do you think they're similar or do you think maybe one is a different quality and one is a different quality i don't know yeah i mean at least in my um my opinion i think very different um i think uh um, you know as i said like growing up like you know the only time that we really thought of pakistan or pakistanis were either if we were playing cricket or um like if we were like fighting with them at the border like in my household like zara mentioned that she wasn't uh, she you know grew, she didn't grow up in a very diverse uh, environment neither did i like while obviously india is a large country and very diverse in many different ways my upbringing was not that diverse and that's why um, i didn't think that much about pakistanis in like a personal context at all and so um So certainly when I like went to the US and then I met Pakistanis that there were some preconceived notions that came up in my head which were generic to not just Pakistanis but Muslims South Asian Muslims generally uh but I would say those were very those were very different types of pre- preconceived notions that were uh derived more from like the I don't know the the news whereas I feel like with Americans it was more derived from like watching like TV shows um interesting that's that, that was sort of the difference for me nice yeah so uh, i i tend to agree um uh, yes my preconceived notions for like what an average american would be like versus what you know an indian would be like were definitely different um but i but i definitely think that you know when i came to the us i was um i mean i, I was excited but i was definitely very intimidated by whatever the average american was that i you know uh, i was interacting with because i'd never interacted with someone like that before i just had never had that experience and to be honest i mean i had tra- i had traveled when i was young but I, i really hadn't traveled that much to like the western part of the world um and you know i wasn't supremely comfortable with just like conversing with um you know the average american that was on my college campus um and i think you know even though i didn't have any experience interacting with like any average indian person it's just like a lot more natural because there's just so many more things in common i mean you just like sort of 
you just consider once you meet them in a setting where there's like probably I, I don't know the exact statistics but the vast majority are you know american and there's a like very tiny minority are, are people who are not american um you just consider people who are you know foreign an extension of yourself um and in in that case you have a you know you have a, a subset of foreign people of which you're part of that subset and then part of that subset is like you know brown people and so because you fall in that category you just consider themselves an extension of you and when you're sort of in that environment where there's like this large bubble and like you fit into this little tiny little category then whoever fits into that little tiny category you just if you want to have some sense of like you know fitting in and, and social interaction and you know starting to get assimilated into a new environment then you know you have to just sort of at least not everyone like i felt like i had to just sort of break those whatever preconceived notions i grew up with um you know bad for for good or for for bad or for worse whatever i had to break them away um and shut them off so that i could then have those social interactions i mean if i was if i would only be open to talking to a pakistani muslim i would have in my five years i would probably have three friends um and it, it just wouldn't work like that you know so it, it there the notions are different the preconceived notions are different but um in that in that setting um you know it, it, to, to have social interactions and to have friends and to start feeling assimilated and to get you know, make connections i i just sort of break those you know i just shed those off i guess interesting Nice. And again, to point. clarify, I think that that's very specific to where we went to school. It was very small, and um, the percentage of um, South Asians there was was you know much smaller than what you would expect at a at a large university in the U.S. Call it like let's say if we went if we had gone to uh, like a USC, I think it might have been a little bit different, where there would have been enough people from India and perhaps even more specifically from the cities where we came from. um that such a like a blend of south asians may not have been possible uh, as opposed to where we went where the numbers were so small that it was only natural that all south asians really you know were part of one group as opposed to like a separate indian and separate pakistani and separate bangladeshi etc yeah that makes sense actually and that's exactly the trend that we've been covering through a lot of the other episodes in terms of finding similarities between your culture and heritage and language and you know flavors of food and and i guess like when you're in a foreign land familiarity just helps build comfort in your environment like zara like you said you know if you were limited then maybe you would have uh, if you were restricted in terms of choosing your friends you would have limited to maybe a pool of 3 people but with the familiarity and the comfort that similar cultures and vibes bring i guess that kind of opens up the pool in a slightly more uh diverse fashion but at some point of time in this conversation both zara and rohan both of you guys spoke about the fact that you know uh while you do come from big cities in pakistan and india respectively you know the families um you know had uh, not really exposed you guys to you know uh, each other's cultures so i'm sure that when you went back home at some point of time and zara you told your family and ron you told your family that you're dating a indian guy and a pakistani girl respectively there must have been some kind of reaction right what was the reaction like 
So um, I, guess, I guess on my side, um, my parents and uh, actually not only just my parents, but my grandparents and uh, my brother were familiar with uh, who Rohan was because we were friends for a very long period of time. Um, and he was sort of an active part of my life for many years. Like he was there at my graduation. He was there at, at any sort of uh, major events um, and where my parents were present as well. And, you know, just in random conversation, he would come up. So my parents were not unfamiliar with who he was. And, you know, for them, um, when I told them, they weren't, they weren't like surprised that this would happen. Um, I think they were deep down inside hoping really that it wouldn't. So I think it really sort of boiled down to my parents were not surprised um, when I, I let them know. Um, it was more so like, okay, like we're not surprised at all. Especially my, my mother was like, you know, like I already knew this, like that this was happening. Um, but, you know, what, but like, what does that even mean? Like, what are you going to do about it? You know? Um, and you know, it's not like this is something that can go any further. And like, he's a great guy. And, you know, I've, I've myself have met him and spoken to him and, you know, I, you know, I really like him and it's true actually. Like I, I can always, I mean, we all know our parents' intuitions, right. And we can tell whether our parents like certain people or not. And, you know, being, being Pakistani and Indian, our parents are generally probably very vocal and very judgmental, um, as are mine as well. So I knew whether my parents liked him or not. Um, and they did. I, I knew that before. So it's not like my parents were disappointed in me for like picking a bad person, but because they knew his personality was a good one. And they actually really enjoyed speaking to him whenever they they had met in the past. But um, it for them, it was more like, we wish that, you know, this person, like, it just had a different name, you know, and so he's perfect, except his name is not quite. So his name should have been Veer. So then it would have been more poetic, Veer and Zara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That they would have approved, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. So Rohan, uh, did your parents also feel, you know, that it's really inconvenient per se that you've fallen for a Pakistani girl? Yeah, I mean, I guess inconvenient would definitely be putting it very lightly. Um, I think on both sides, while um, there was definitely the acknowledgement that yes, like, you know, there's no, you know, I think everyone likes the individual people. It's just the reality of the situation that, um, that, uh, that wasn't acceptable to either side. Right. Um, and this, this wasn't so much about Indian and Pakistani. It was more about Hindu and Muslim. Uh, and it, it wasn't pleasant. Um, it was, um, I'd say I, I would call it, you know, like I'm only, you know, in, in my early thirties, but I would call it like the, the worst period of my life that I went through um, where, you know, there was about a period of call it one to one and a half years when, uh, when we told our parents and when, when we went through the whole process. And, and again, to clarify, we didn't go to tell them that, Hey, we are dating. We went and tell, told them, Hey, we are dating. And now we want to, you know, move towards like getting married. Um, so again, yeah, it was, it was, it was very rough, um, emotionally, you know, it was rough in every way possible. And I, I don't wish that, that situation on, on, you know, on anyone. Um, I'm, I'm an only child, so I'm, I grew up 
extremely close to my parents and I had never imagined that there would be anything in the world um, that I that would put me in such conflict with my parents because I was raised with this idea that regardless of what you do like we as parents have your back and I felt that in this this particular situation that that wasn't quite true and so yeah I mean I it, it was a it was a terrible time and we are, we are stronger to have uh, gone through it but I wouldn't wish that upon any family to go through um, such a challenging time. Yeah, sounds like uh, it must have been quite a roller coaster for you guys. Zara, of course, you know, the wedding is a day that most girls look forward to since they're young enough to understand what, uh, old enough to understand what a wedding is. But on the basis of what Rohan's telling me, also getting your families on board was difficult. It took a, you know, a year, year and a half in terms of the journey. How did you guys navigate through the wedding? Because that by itself must have been an ordeal of its own since you guys both live on different sides of the border. Families live on different sides of the border. That must have been quite a challenge in terms of navigating through from a logistic planning execution standpoint how is that experience for you generally speaking uh, south asian weddings are generally planned by the families right uh, and parents get pretty involved in the siblings and you know extended family um so in our case uh, our wedding was planned by us uh, mostly and and we had it we had it in the u.s um we had it um pretty close to where we went to college um, that's where we had, and that's that's kind of how we were able to manage the the logistical challenges. Uh, we obviously discussed whether it should be in our respective countries, and or should we have it a destination, or this or that. Um, and then we figured that you know because we too were the ones who would have to manage everything and plan everything and do work on the execution, that we need to do it uh, where close to where we're living. Um, otherwise, it would get really out of hand. Um, so that's how we were able to work it out. Uh, to be honest, um, our um, our families were, you know, definitely helpful, and they were definitely part of it. But they weren't necessarily anchoring all the um, logistics of the event planning. Interesting. So, did this change? Um, like, so if I could chart it on a graph, like how your family reacts to this matrimony, right? <laughs> So did it change after the wedding? And, you know, does it go up? Does it go down? Does it stay the same? How does it happen? So some context within that, right? Like it's not so much uh, that we were able to convince our families that this is a good idea. It was more that the two of us decided that this is going to happen and uh, somehow we are just going to have the families involved, uh, whatever the, the the price is, right? Like that's, we were willing to pay any, any emotional cost, um, to make that happen. And so it's not so much that the families disapproved earlier and then the levels of approval went up. It was just that we we did things that whatever like we did everything possible to get them to approve at some level. And yeah, like obviously like you know as in the years since um they've gotten like our levels of interaction with our respective families have increased and uh, now, you know, we have a child. So yes, of course, the level of approval, I wouldn't say that the level of approval has gone up. It's just at this point, like, what is the other option, right? Like, and as I mentioned, I'm, I'm like the only child. So uh, ch- children from, or child or children from my marriage are the only grandchildren my parents are going to have. And my wife is the only daughter-in-law that my parents are going to have. So like, there, there's just not a whole lot of choice. And same thing with um, like with Zara's parents, like you know, 
she doesn't have a whole lot of siblings and um, there's not that many sons-in-law, daughters-in-law that her parents are going to have. So um, it's, I think it's less a matter of like, oh, over time, the approvals went up. I think over time, there was a realization that, look, like this is, this is it. Like there's not, this is not going to change. Like this is, this is for the long term. This is for the rest of our lives. And again, again, to caveat, like, I wouldn't say that things are extremely amazing and comfortable um, now. Like, there's still challenges. Uh, the level of those have decreased over time, certainly. But it's not like, you know, everything is great and fine now. There's still issues. But we, thankfully, like, the two of us live here quite separated from, you know, all of that. And it doesn't impact us on a daily basis. Like, we live our lives, like as I said earlier, like a like a normal like a regular, I wouldn't say normal, like a regular couple. And it's not, it's sort of part of our daily thinking and active imagination that, oh, like, you know, I'm Indian and you're Pakistani and we are different and our kid is unique. It's not, it's not like that at all. Like for us, it's like a, uh, you know, we are a regular like immigrant family in the US. And, um, you know, funnily enough, like not, not to go off on a complete like tangent, but um, it's funny, like when we meet a South Asian person who's, a, or, or anyone who's aware of the South Asian context, just by our names, they can tell that, um, you know, that uh, there must have been conflict with our, mm-hmm. with us getting together. But if we meet anyone who's not really aware of the South Asian context and who's purely going by, by our physical features, they assume like the stereotype, like of course a brown person is another brown person. And these, these two are both South Asian and they're married, like obviously, like, you know, um, so it's, 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 it's funny that when we meet someone who's just not you know, who's not aware of the South Asian context, it's like, yeah, of course, like, you know, you guys, just, you guys met in college and you came from the same culture and, you know, you got married. It happens all the time. Um, so it's funny that we meet two ends of the spectrum where either we are, we are like, oh, obviously you guys must have gotten together or how on earth would you get together? It, it's just funny that we, we face that, I think, throughout a marriage. The, the irony is quite poetic in that regard, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you guys get to it visit uh, each other's families, the in-laws on uh, both sides of the border often enough, regularly? Probably not as often as we would like. Um, but part of it is also because, you know, it, it's, a, it's a far distance. So part of it is that. But the other part is also because uh, there's a lot of visa issues. Um, so... We have fortunately uh, been able to attend any very major events that were happening in in each of our respective countries. But um, uh, although, interestingly, the major event that that was supposed to happen in Rohan City for us, hosted by his parents, we almost missed that because of my visa didn't come through. And in fact, I think we were a week before his mother canceled the the reservation at the hotel. Um, and then, you know, magically the, the visa came through and we were able to go. Um, so no, I mean, we have taken our, our kid to both the countries, which is, which has been awesome. And that was a, a you know, a very strong desire uh, by both of us that we wanted to make sure that a kid has visited both countries and he has. And, you know, I, I have been to India twice. Uh, I wish I'd in, in the span of time, I could have probably gone maybe four times. So it's probably two times less than I would have wanted. That's right. I can, I can imagine. We had quite a, we had a Herculean task of about uh, two and a half weeks to secure our, our visa when we visited Pakistan back in 2006. I can't even imagine what the scene must be now. 
and the fact that you're married maybe may make it easier may make it harder i don't know we we're hearing conflicting uh, opinions when yeah. we talk to i think couples who have different sides of the story but of course now you guys are in a, a great place you're a mother of two one on two legs one on four legs uh, you're raising <laughs> you're raising a, a young child at two uh, how is it like uh, why don't you tell me something about uh, how parenting and parenthood you know why with both of you have uh, having uh, i don't know, maybe similar styles different styles of parenting maybe because your upbringing has been different as children by itself on either side of the border how is it like to raise a you know a young two year old boy and bring him into the world with uh, different parenting styles uh, in today's day and age so i'll i'll you know i'll say one thing that our upbringing was different in that we were raised in like different um, religious contexts but i think outside of that our, our upbringing was fairly similar in that we both grew up in um, in large south asian cities um, in like middle to upper middle class households uh, where uh, the our, our both our mothers were the stronger figures in uh, in our families compared to our, our dads so i think um and both of us grew up in joint families um so i think there's a lot of similarities in the way that we grew up um which which again might be you know one of the reasons that we 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 got close initially in terms of parenting style i think um you know like we you know we have one kid and so we were first time parents so our style was um, you know evolving as um, as things came along i think both of us have a strong desire that our kid feels a, a strong bond towards um the cultures that we grew up in uh so we've uh, we've made a a strong effort to do that uh we only speak to him in you know urdu/hindi uh to the extent that now it's almost uh, sometimes honestly it's embarrassing for us that he he just doesn't understand enough english and you know as you know in the south asian context um if we're hanging out with other south asian parents they only speak to the kids in english and and we only speak to him in in urdu or hindi and it's um sometimes we do feel like oh like you know you know it's like from our childhoods where if we, if you couldn't speak good english it was um it was almost like a you know it was almost shameful that you you couldn't speak good english and um our kid speaks almost no english i mean he obviously knows a bunch of songs and poems and stuff but like in terms of like sentence construction it's all all in in like our mother tongue and um so it, it is you know it is interesting it is challenging but i think we we both take it very seriously that we do want to him to speak um urdu hindi very fluently um some just because i think like you know we think it's important to for language to be an important part when we want to raise him in that cultural context but also uh, personally for me my dad doesn't speak uh, great english he understands everything but it's his english his spoken english is not that great so I, i think it is important that he connect with his grandchild um, in the language that he's comfortable and i i can already see it when they face time he feels more comfortable because our child understands everything he says and conversely like my dad understands everything he says so i think our our like our parenting style and so far like i think it's all very much aligned and you know we are we are generally speaking on the same page as as anyone you know who's a parent will tell you that uh, parenting generally is mostly an art much less of a science and there's no one right way of doing it is you know you kind of learn as you go along and you know that's what we, that's where we are it's we're experimenting and we i'm sure with the things that we are doing right wrong and then things that we are doing right and you know eventually we'll see where where we land up yeah so uh, uh, rohan i 
same sort of problem happens uh, my 5 year old also struggles with kyunki wo pure din like you know i said before the podcast youtube dekhte hain to usme wo hota hai aur phir usko like in my case like it's uh, you know he needs to know urdu then he needs to know sindhi as well you know to please the, my parents but uh, so do you think you know when your kid is a little older uh, he'll be like guys i mean really like they're pretty much the same language why are you asking me to learn them two separately you think he'll be you know curious about that I mean, they have um, a lot of similarity so, in terms of spoken word, right? Yeah, so I think that, I think right now we are focused on the spoken word. Yeah. So we don't really draw much of a distinction between the two because, ah. um, like at, at least like growing up, what you know, like the, the the Bollywood Hindi is is like quasi like it's it's basically a, a mesh of Urdu and Hindi, Hindustani, right? Hmm. Uh, so we don't really draw much of a distinction at this point. Um, if and when the, that does come up, I'm just going to say. it's the same language and you know politics has uh, you, you know politics and politicians have intentionally created differences um but yeah and I, i think for us it's the same urdu hindi is there anything that's jumped off the page for you when it comes to parenting yeah i mean i i, I do agree i think we have um largely very similar parenting um ph- philosophies um which we didn't know until we became parents <laughs> it's good um other than the fact that um uh, rohan insists that he wants to very strongly encourage our kid to grow up to be a specialized doctor i guess you can take the man out of india but you can't take india out of the man it's all the um, cliches huh? so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> other than that and, and i guess i'm more like um i i do very i do strongly support more traditional you know uh, sort of professions as well i mean i also have you know I, i am in a more traditional profession myself but i'm i'm not at this point necessarily convinced that my kid has to grow up to be a doctor but but no I, that's jokes jokes apart i think largely we have pretty similar parenting uh, styles and i think it all boils down to the fact that you know we share very similar values i grew up in in a family where, which is which was very close knit as well and there was a lot of emphasis on family uh, and you know there are a lot of stereotypes uh, for like how girls are raised in a pakistani household or in a south asian household and i mean i would say in many ways that was kind of true for my upbringing was you know uh, there's a lot of expectations of a, of a of a girl of a woman uh, which is to not only be you know excellent education and excellent everything but be excellent indoors and be excellent outdoors you know perform academically and perform inside the house and be very like close to parents and provide for them and you know be their emotional support and and be very independent and stuff too and so my family very strongly supported me to be uh, independent which was awesome but they didn't necessarily say that you can take off the responsibility of you know sh- shouldering the responsibility of still being homely i also grew up being really close to my family and actually really valuing that aspect uh, of my childhood as well and for me you know just disappointing my parents was like i, I i just like it kind of scared me just the thought of like disappointing my parents was a really scary thought um even though deep down inside i knew my parents wouldn't do anything to me or they they would never harm me but like i just like 
was very fearful of like disappointing my parents. Um, and I, you know, I, my childhood, I just, I did everything to like not try to disappoint them. And so because of that, I think we both shared sort of similar values and we want um, our kid to be, to have very strong like family um, values and, you know, like be, you know, sort of connect with us on that level as well. And and as a result, we both agreed that we would speak with him in Urdu, Hindi. And, you know, it, it's not... It's not necessarily been easy, but it's one thing that we've been committed with for the past two and a half years. Um, and we actually haven't, we've been really good about it. Um, we've never spoken to him in English. And it's, I'm actually kind of surprised um, how well we've done. Um, and he doesn't speak in English at all. Um, now his speech has really taken off. And, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, right? And I, I look at my kids sometimes and I'm like, my God, if he ever, if I ever took him back to Pakistan to get him admission at the school I went to, they would ask him immediately. <laughs> they would be like, who's, are you sure he's your child? Um, and, you know, I would probably like, you know, people definitely look at me weird, but, you know, I, I just sort of rely upon my gut, which says that I'm sure he learned English, he'll be fine. And it really does give, and, you know, because of pandemic, he speaks with his grandparents every single day, both of them on FaceTime. And it gives me so much joy that he can speak to them in the mother tongue. And they don't have to make like, you know, it doesn't have to be like a weird forced like conversation in English uh, where they have to speak in English and like grandparents have to feel like they must speak in English because he's, they're talking to an American grandson, you know? So it actually, you know, like I'm, I'm upstairs, like, you know, working and I hear him downstairs on FaceTime talking to his grandparents in, in the mother tongue. And it gives me a lot of joy, to be honest. And I, that's, on most days when I feel, you know, it's going to sound bad, but most days generally you feel like a failure as a parent. Um, and when I hear that, I feel like, okay, I feel like at least we did one thing right so far. No, it's a huge feat. I mean, this is, this is really cool. I'm really impressed. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But for oh, now, you know, for now, we're, I, I think generally it's a good thing. I can't even imagine what it must have been for you guys to have organized a wedding on your own. You know, uh, Zara, like you said, Indian families are so involved in planning a wedding because, I mean, they see families because our weddings are full of dhoom and dham and celebration. But I'm sure there must be a couple of, uh, you know, very uh, memorable moments for you guys. What really jumped off the page? What stood out for you guys while planning this wedding on your own? So I think, uh, you know, a few things like, so my fa- my. Um, it's not my all of my family, but I grew up uh, a vegetarian. But um, alcohol was completely like you know free, freely flowing. For Zara's family, it was the opposite, where um, alcohol was a complete no-no, but meat was a very important part of any celebration. So, uh, so to us, it was like okay, for any you know like for me personally, like growing up, for any celebratory occasion, especially a wedding. Alcohol is very important. Similarly, for her family, um, obviously meat is extremely important. So now, what do we do? And so, uh, we had to mix both. So the the wedding had to be all vegetarian and also uh, no alcohol. Now, um, which you know, like it turned out completely fine. But yeah, it it, it was it was funny and challenging in its own way. Um, there were times when, you know, a lot of my friends um, that I grew up with, they came 
they came for the wedding and they couldn't imagine attending a wedding and and dancing at a wedding without alcohol so we 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 had to have like a separate room at the wedding where which was like the the alcohol room but then we you know right across from that we also had to have a room that was a prayer room where zara's side of the family could go pray when you know whenever they had to according to the time and so it was just this like this is like you know these these two opposites happening at the same time at the same wedding luckily no no one you know nothing nothing was caught and everything uh, everything went fine but you know there were times when we um, when we all went out for for like large meals together and i had to uh, kick my friends from under the table and say like no like please don't order a beer <laughs> like like please, please don't do that like just, i just don't want this to be a thing and and we were we were fairly young then and you know like we were in our mid 20s and you know even though it wasn't that long ago i feel like i've me and, and all my friends too we've all matured a lot in the last 7 8 years and at 8 years back like i can see what of that just like you know even understanding the context still still ordering a beer just just like to be funny luckily no one did that but uh, yeah it it caused a, a few comical situations wow interesting so ron amongst the challenging times to get a visa to go on both sides of the border you know i'm sure it must have caused a lot of heartbreak at times missing special occasions etc but i'm sure outside of the heartbreak as well there must have been a lot of comical moments that have arisen as well uh, where you guys traveled together with one indian passport and one pakistani passport yeah um s- several um like one one thing is whenever um uh, so now so because i have a like a five year or like i think a one year pakistani visa on my passport so whenever i personally go through india um and the, whether i'm entering or i'm leaving and the immigration officer is going through my passport like flipping and they find a pakistani visa i can just like i'm just like waiting for like their reaction and it's always it's always a look of like pure shock like w- like why do you have a pakistani visa like what's going on like why did you go and then i explain and either i've gotten two reactions either like a complete just like okay whatever move or hey tell me your story like how did this happen where did you guys meet how could it have happened luckily i've never had a reaction which was uh negative it's all it's always been um, either just like you know uh, neutral or something very like uh, curious like how did it happen so one one piece of it is that i mean the other larger challenge is of course just for zara to get a visa to visit when you when you say like missing events now we don't even like plan on her visiting events in india unless it's just like the most important thing right like we won't even try because it's it's such a long process um and you have to just jump through so many hoops and you have to plan so much in advance and as you know like desi weddings pop up in like 3 months like it's a very western thing to have a an engagement plan for a year and then like a wedding plan for a year and a save the date go out months in advance in in india for example like happen exactly exactly yeah <laughs> like a, a, a roka engagement and then a shaadi happen all it like you know it could happen in 3 2 months right and so it's been that's why it's been very challenging to attend events um it's much easier for me to get a visa to go to pakistan fortunately um so i've i've been a couple of times and um at the airport there've been like really no you know no situations but we've had situations of uh, folks coming to uh, zara's parents house to check in on me um and i mean they call themselves intelligence people i i, I really don't know like which department or you know what level of uh, 
of the security apparatus they belong to. But, um, you know, we've, um, we've gone through, you know, between on my visits between 30 minutes to about two to one half hours of questioning and questioning at a pretty um, in-depth level about, you know, everything from, you know, what do we do for a living to, um, you know, what place of worship we go to, like fa fairly like intimate details. And, you know, in, in hindsight, of course, like all of that is comical and it's funny, but while it's happening, you're just like, when will this end? And to, to what, to what level of detail will, will this go into? Like, when will this stop? And, you know, I, I grew up in a family where, you know, my, my dad, my uncles were dealing with um, government officials of, of, of you know, of, the, of a whole spectrum on a pretty regular basis. So I'm, I'm very used to, like, you know, that cadence and how, how that works, but, but never at a, at a you know, at a, at a security apparatus level. So, um, so all, all, all that's been fairly interesting. I mean, luckily we've never had to, you know, go to the level of like exchanging money or stuff. I think that's, uh, that's been, that's been good. We've been clear of that, uh, fortunately, because also, you know, you know, uh, at some level, our families do know a couple of people here and there who've helped us. Um, outside of that, well, also when, whenever I, you know, come into the US that I also get flagged because I'm sure that there's some algorithm which says, hey, if you have an Indian passport, but you've traveled to Pakistan, if you have your Pakistani visas, that's a red flag, that's unusual. Um, so there was one time when we were flying through um, Abu Dhabi and they have that um, pre-check where you do US immigration in Abu Dhabi. And, you know, we, we missed a flight because they just couldn't get over the fact that I was an Indian citizen who was flying from Pakistan to the US through Abu Dhabi. They just couldn't get over it. And it took a few hours. Uh, and we were stuck there for, you know, for I think what, 18 hours or whatever. That's, that's happened. Um, Zara, can you think of any other, any other instances, anything else that's happened? Well, um, recently when we had to take, uh, we wanted to take our child to India uh, because he'd visited Pakistan earlier. Uh, we all wanted to go as a family, but we couldn't go as a family. So the decision was either we don't go and he doesn't go see his father's side of the family or he just goes with his father. And uh, so we had kind of a Bollywood mo moment um, in uh, Doha, actually. Um, uh, it was definitely a filmable event. I wish Shah Rukh Khan was there seriously. We all flew to Doha together as a family and our flight actually was delayed from here. So my son and his dad, they both missed um, their connection to India, uh, to, to their respective city. Um, uh, anyhow, long story short, they were finally able to um, get on a different flight through like another connection via a different city in India, etc. Um, we went Doha, we were split. Um, and uh, my flight was like two, three hours late after theirs. And so as they checked in, the, this big glass wall separated the two of us. And I said my goodbye and said, I'll see you. We're separating, but I'll see you, you know, when we meet back again in a different part of the world. Um, so that was a Bollywood moment for sure. Yeah. Um, that happened. And then when um, Rohan took our kid to, took our, our kid on the flight alone, the father and son, obviously that's like the most ridiculous thing that could ever happen. How can a father ever take the child alone, right? Um, they're completely men are completely incapable of doing that, as the world thinks. Rohan, um, you that. <laughs> so that's how people reacted. And they on in mid-flight, people would like 
uh, people w- would like you know come to him and be like you sure you don't want any help like you want us to help you out you're where's the where's the mother of the child like is everything okay um we can help you let me like pat your kid and everything will be okay and um do you want some water should we give you some milk should we give you know so uh, treating him as if you he could definitely not um you know uh, be a father to his son um and what an outrageous act for the mother to be such a horrible mother to leave the child behind um that was generally the reaction like of of outrage like how is it possible for the mother to leave the child alone for me during the trip reactions went from uh, like a random strangers asking me are iski maa kahan hai to like you know slightly more subtle like highly like higher educated friends of friends who would say hey like i don't mean to offend but uh, like you know like is everything okay with your marriage like how come <laughs> how come you showed up with the kid alone so there's a whole whole spectrum of reactions but that 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 part was quite funny wow and it, it's interesting because yeah that that's what he heard on his side and you know it, it it's so much of like you know this whole like sexism comes out in these kind of things too because from his side of the family although it's not maybe not quite said but of course you know it's like wow what a great dad to take the kid alone like this the world has probably not seen a greater dad to fly alone with the kid without the mom and so you know she's so lucky to have a husband like that who will fly alone with the child she should just worship him you know uh, that, that that exists and then I was separated from my family in Doha and so like my choice was to go to to Pakistan and so I went off to Pakistan to spend a few days with my family and you know although you know again not quite said so directly but you know as the pressures are on on a woman a daughter a mother sister you know as women so many pressures like why did you let them go alone are you sure he's okay like why you should check on your son because you know he's alone with his dad and like are you sure he's not missing you he's only, he's not even he's like a year and a half like you know are you sure you want to you wanted to be separated from him like that's not you know yeah and not necessarily like oh my god like he's such an amazing dad but more so like are you sure you're a good mom to have let this happen um so you know interesting uh, like place to be um you know well, i'm like i'm sorry people like i didn't have a choice over here and i wasn't deciding this of course we could have decided not to let our kid um go visit the dad's side of his family but really we were making an effort for that to happen and we're not trying to give in to like gender norms here um so definitely i i felt um in my that time not only was i very much missing um my family and and my the saddest part for me was really um I didn't get to be there the first time that my son went to visit his father side of the family and that's the I feel like that was a really important event um that I missed out on um you know his it's like the first time that my son meets his dad side of the family his mother wasn't there um and mm. I didn't get to see the reaction of um uh, you know his dad side of the family Uh, on towards him and i didn't get to see how you know the the joy and all of that that um the rest of the extended family felt and in fact the grandparents felt um in taking my own son into their house um so i completely missed out on that and so you know from my perspective it wasn't like i'm a bad mom it was more like i, I just felt sad that i was missing out on the daily activities and just not being part of a very important um um event 
um so it, it it was it was a weird few days when we talk about difficult times the most difficult times that you guys must be facing is when india plays pakistan in a cricket match right what happens then <laughs> <laughs> by the end of the by the end of the pakistan's bowling innings harsh has probably lost all the nails on his 10 fingers <laughs> that's for sure we over time we would just get over that whatever like it's like it's just another cricket match but we have it <laughs> like it still causes tension. and i don't think we will uh, that's never going to happen yeah. it's so what's still, the mahol like, like at a, home then it's very tense it's just annoying uh, i hate fi- watching a cricket match with him it's the, i actually well, just want it, it like you hate it because house. we win <laughs> No, he's just really yeah. annoying. He's like the most annoying person when it comes to cricket matches. <laughs> In and what like, way? It's just, it's just the comments. It's like being irritating, and it's just like, it's just, yeah. Like so it's like huh? being intentionally annoying. What? <laughs> so you're not his wife for, for those eight hours. You're not his yeah, wife. Yeah, gloating, huh? and I'm like, I don't want to watch this match with you. Just like, can you go watch alone, maybe? <laughs> Can you go like we just watch it with your friends? I'd rather just watch it alone, and just somehow it doesn't end up working out. I really hate watching India Pakistan cricket match with him. <laughs> What about the young one? Has he started watching cricket yet? Honestly, yet. I think we'll be yeah, yeah. I think we'll be glad if he shows some interest in cricket, just because like if you know, likely he's going to grow up in this country, and if he shows any interest in cricket at all, that that will be enough for us. I don't think it'll get to a point where he's he's sitting and watching a, like a one day with us and like rooting for one side or the other. I think. Uh, Uh, I think depend, depending on who he wants a favor with, mom or dad. May, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> But I think like yeah. it'll it'll work out. Maybe perhaps he'll like support like my team with the IPL and then like um like you know the like Zara's team with the with the Pakistani league. So I think that that's where we'll find the compromise. Fair enough. Fair enough. If we do Fair find enough. any. Before we sign off, guys, any words of advice, any words of wisdom to the young Veer Zaras around the world uh, who are in early stages of their relationship, just like you guys have been? I guess one thing I'd say is if um, it is common for one side of the family to to greet by touching feet, make sure that you warn or let your family know ahead of time because they may be like, "What? What's going on? Like, why?" ரொம்பிங்க you know he was giving off some sort of an impression so um maybe i think that certain things that are kind of specific to a culture it's good to maybe just make aware of your fantasies yeah. but i mean obviously i would say you know um go with your heart of course um 
but um, make sure that you don't make a completely impulsive decision. Make sure you think through it. Um, and it really boils down on the person. And like, do you think that that, that right person that that person is right for you is is that does the personality match i mean you shouldn't make a decision just because you know you're being rebellious and you should make a rebellious decision and it's like you know it's a great feat to do something like that but you know if you decide to go down that path remember you're in it for the long haul i would just say that if because you're in it for the long haul make sure to give it sufficient thought um and it, it isn't something that is being should you shouldn't view it as you're doing something out of as an act of rebellion um but really if you're trying to find your life partner you should view it as like you're doing it because you, you this is this is who you think is your you know uh, the best life partner for you and uh, you know it obviously makes it more exciting if there's a little bit of rebellion involved but try to put those two those think of those two things differently and just remember that you know because it's a you're in it for the long haul think through it and, and spend enough time spend take your time to think about it and not uh, make it make an impulsive choice okay yep i'll i'll say um whatever level of difficulty you think you will encounter it will be more so uh so so, so certainly do it if you think it's worth it but uh be be warned that it's going to be hard is it worth it though for us it is um all right you know each, each to their own yes definitely okay all right thank you so much guys for joining us we had an absolute pleasure chatting with you and uh, we hope you have a lovely time raising the 2 year old and we do hope he chooses his allegiance in cricket wisely aha <laughs> All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not meant to offend or hurt the sentiments of including but not limited to any person dead or alive religion or ethnic group community or country the primary purpose of this podcast is to build a cultural bridge and shed light on the similarities that we share with our friends from across the border 